Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. Uh, we are back for our second week after a long break, and we got more information for you. I'm your co-host today, Kareem Anderson, joined by the world's greatest co-host, Arif Vakas. Yeah, and as I mentioned, uh, we got some news. Uh, you want to tell people what we're uh, going to be talking about today? We're talking about Windows 11, Windows 11, and Microsoft Teams. Basically, the first Windows 11 topic <laughs> is a Dev Channel bill introducing a new search box on the Windows 11 desktop because if there are not more than one ways to do something in a Microsoft operating system, it is not a Microsoft operating system. Exactly. Next, we'll be talking about Windows 11 hitting a big milestone, which is not ready for broad deployment. Uh, you know, we have been kind of uh, fortunate as consumers uh, to be getting Windows 11, but now they're going to make a broader push as we inch closer to the Windows 10 uh, deadline. So we'll be talking about that as well. And then we have Teams finally coming back to the Microsoft Store on both Windows 10 and Windows 11. But what about Windows 10 S? Hmm. <laughs> uh, then we'll be jumping into our fast recap where we have a ton of news to go cover. We'll start us off. Yeah, there's most of it is hardware related because there was a spring explosion of hardware, as we like to put it. So the first of which is Acer embracing Microsoft's new Pluton chips in two of their devices. Uh, then we jump over to some software where Microsoft's new outlook for Windows arrives in the Office Insider for beta channel. Uh, but I had some hands on with it and I got some opinions. And then we also have a designer app, which is apparently going to be one of Microsoft's newest apps for Windows 11. Yeah, and then we'll be talking about the follow-up to what you talked about, I guess, earlier about Microsoft Viva. That's getting a new goal-setting framework module. Yep, uh, that was part of our interview. And you could check out this separate uh, interview that I did with Microsoft about the new Microsoft Viva modules uh, over on our YouTube channel and also on our other uh, other mediums. but. Uh, we'll just go through the news of what's new with that really quickly. Yeah, and then we'll be having Microsoft talk about uh, softening its restrictions for small European cloud providers, uh, which could be huge uh, as they expand uh, you know, internationally. And then you'll get into the Acer and HP announcements. Yeah, like you mentioned, we have tons of hardware to cover. So uh, I don't know, maybe we'll give ourselves 10 and a half minutes to cover all this stuff. And then we'll follow up with uh, probably, hopefully, a crowd favorite. More leaks and information and rumors about the possible Duo 3 in the future uh, that has, that's pertaining to some new technology coming from uh, LG, which has a full foldable uh, OLED screen and a patent that recently surfaced about Microsoft wanting to use said foldable OLED screen. And this might be an episode that drags on for longer than 30 minutes or 45 minutes because Microsoft Build 2022 is next week on May 24th. And we want to talk about what we're expecting from Microsoft Build and what sessions you might want to tune into in the week ahead, of course. Yes. And uh, the last bit of the week ahead, we have, uh, I guess, your review of the new Dell 32-inch 4K UHD gaming monitor, the G3223Q. <laughs> yeah. Dell isn't the best with their naming schemes, but it's a new 4K <laughs> Ultra HD gaming monitor, and it's super awesome. has 120 hertz for the Xbox Series X and 140 hertz for Windows 11. And uh, talk more about it later on at the uh, Week Ahead segment. Yeah. With that being said, let's make this as short as possible by getting into the news right now. 
<laughs> and the first bit of the news is the Windows 11 dev channel build 25120, testing a new search box on the Windows 11 desktop. And for those of you who are listening to us for quite a while now, you might remember last week we talked about the split in the channels and now the beta and the dev channel being on their own. So that means Microsoft is now to free, free to explore all kinds of creative ideas for Windows 11. And one of those new creative ideas is this new search box on the Windows 11 desktop, which not everyone has, by the way. I know you don't have it. Uh, I don't have it, but our editor-in-chief, Kip, he has it. And it is what it is. It's basically a little search box on your Windows 11 desktop. It's floating in the middle of the screen. And if you click in it, it's basically going to open edge for you and take you to wherever you want to go. So basically, as people on Twitter are putting it, it's an ad for edge, I guess. But some people see it useful. And the point of it is that Microsoft is saying that this is a new model of, quote unquote, exposing, exposing lightweight interactive content on the Windows desktop. And personally, I think that it could be the start of something new for Windows because they mentioned that it is the first exploration in this area of exposing lightweight interactive content on the desktop. So even though if you don't like this new search box on the desktop, it could be the start of something new and other future concepts for Windows 11 down the line. Yeah, and before everyone gets their like underwear in a bunch, <laughs> there are two things I need to really point out. Uh, the first one being, this is a split of a split of a split testing. So yeah. you aren't consumers aren't going to get this. This is coming out of the box. They're not forcing it upon you. Insiders, for the majority, aren't even going to get this because this yep. isn't available in all branches. And of the branch that it is available to, they're A/B testing that. So you got to understand that again. It is a small percentage of people who are allowed to do this. The other thing that needs to be said is that it has to be uh, turned on. This isn't yep. something that just appears on the screen after you update. This is why a lot of people may not even know that they have it. You have to go into, I believe, your desktop, uh, right-click, or bring up a context menu, adding, uh, looking for the show more options, and then it should be listed if it's available. The last thing I want to say is that uh, I want to see if people will go with me on this. When they say that it's an advertising advertisement, uh, I know that it's a... You know, it's a brand thing for Bing or, or Microsoft Search, but name me one one advertisement you've been able to interact with that gives you the product up front. The product is Search. So imagine yeah. if you're scrolling through like Instagram and you see an ad for tennis shoes. It's not like you can wear the tennis shoes and start testing them out right there in the ad. This isn't an ad. This is a functionality. Now it may not be to Google Search, which you would you know more people would prefer. And yes, it does, you know, force you to use Bing, but it's not an ad. It's still a utility. So I wish people would, you know, again, all the people online saying, oh, this is, you know, just Microsoft forcing more ads down your throat. Again, when have you been able to use an ad when searching for anything on any other platform? Ads just kind <laughs> of, they, they take you to a product to go buy something. They don't give you yeah. the actual product as you're using it on the screen. So like you said, more lightweight uh, functionality that's going to be put on the desktop. And again, this may just be part of uh, going back to that weird sticker thing that we're talking about, more ways to utilize the desktop. I also think that this is something that we allow in Chrome OS as well, where it's just a center search. Uh, the you know, last thing I will talk about this uh, is we have the magnifying glass down in the taskbar as is right now. And I don't know if a lot of people know 
what that is, how to use it, uh, how to expand the search within it, because you can go to settings and, and uh, index a, a way more things than you can currently when out of the box. So this may just be another way for people to understand that there is a way to search the system. I know right now it's only for uh, web searches as is, because it's, again, it's basically just a being widget. But I, be I believe that when they first introduced the uh, search magnifying glass, whatever, uh, in the, the amount of indexing that you can do from the system, meaning what's on your computer, was very limited. They've added more functionality to it over time. And I want to hope that this becomes that. Like, you know, I think, what is it? What is the Mac version of this? What is, uh has some kind of like Brainiac name. I forget what it's called, but there's a, there's a unified search on Mac. And it appears dead center in the operating system wherever you need to call it up. I'm hoping this is, you know, Microsoft slowly taking forever to get to it, but that's their way of bringing this up. And we no longer have to take up a space in the taskbar for those of us who have tons of apps in the taskbar. Yeah, the, the thing you're talking about is Mac Spotlight Search, which is what, which is what it surfaces in the middle of the screen exactly. on top of whatever you're working on. And it's something that Microsoft tried before. I tweeted this out to Zach when he exposed this whole thing, this whole new feature. It's in Windows 10, I think it was way back when in Redstone 4, back in 2017 or 2016, but this is years ago, they had that cool little floating search box. This is very reminiscent of that to me. And I hope that they, it's something that they tweak on and that they refine on, and that it eventually rolls out to people and expands beyond just web searches, like you're hinting at in what you said earlier. Yeah, I mean, we could only hope that, you know, Microsoft learns from this the right way of you know doing things and that we don't just have that search up there a search icon down here and then search within the start menu maybe they again consolidate get rid of the magnifying glass and allow people to do uh sister searches right there in the middle of the screen right next to you i mean i keep my desktop pretty sparse but there i know you know tons of people that have files there and if you are looking for a file or you can't you know ne necessarily navigate it quickly you can just go to the search bar which is dead in the center big uh and right in the middle and start typing like i need this file and it'll just highlight the one that's probably on your desktop that's cleared up anyway just again more functionality for people to use and again we don't even know if this would come come out of the a b testing and even get to the rest of us dev people so let's just take a deep breath and move on to the next topic and you know what people are searching for is Windows 11, right? Like they have a Windows 10 PC laying around and they're like, I want Windows 11. <laughs> so they go to Windows Update and they search for Windows 11. And I'll let you talk about the new milestone that Windows 11 just hit. Yeah, uh, Windows 11 actually just, hold on, my browser just died on me. So do you want to fill in for me while I <laughs> yeah. bring this up? Yeah, so Windows 11 is... According to the Windows Health uh, dashboard, Microsoft now says that Windows 11 hit broad deployment. And for you people who aren't techies like me and Kareem or uh, people who might be listening, broad deployment, it means that basically Windows 11 is available for everyone. If you go to Windows Update, you'll see it as an option to download. And it doesn't mean that they're going to force you to download Windows 11. Windows 11 is still optional. You could still stay on Windows 10 if you want to. It's just Microsoft now saying that, hey, if you want Windows, it's ready for you. There are no more safeguard blocks. There shouldn't be any bugs on your device. It's safe to download. It's safe to try out. Go ahead and try it. And if you don't like it, you have 10 days to roll back to Windows 10. Or your money back. You can, <laughs> exactly. it, you can just roll back. Um, my question is, does this still have the same DPM requirements that all the rest of us who upgraded 
last fall. Yep, it, same requirements, same requirements, same everything, and nothing's changed. Same TPM requirements, same CPU requirements. Nothing has changed there. So it's it's available to most people on With most compatible systems. PCs. There we go. Okay, let's just clarify because I don't want to get to angry comments saying, "Hey, you told me it was available, and my Dell from 2003 won't get it." So. Uh, it's available for most people on compatible devices. But uh, like you said, it's a big milestone because I believe, what is the percentage at? Like 5 or 6% right now of the total Windows? Technically, we don't know because Microsoft doesn't report the stats to us. They just pushed it in with Windows 10 stats. I think they, they last said uh, it was 1.4 billion monthly active Windows devices. And that includes Windows 10, Windows 7, all of Windows, and as well as Windows 11. So we don't know how popular it truly is. But right, the ad duplex reports say that I go. think it's like 6% or 5% okay. of people. But that's only against like, I think, 1,000 or 10,000 PCs that, that run the, the ad duplex software. So it's not I mean, like everyone in the world. Right, but in all fairness, you've been using AdDuplex as a benchmark again for as you know accurate or not as accurate as it's been for at least right. a, a decade or so. So I'm going to go with their numbers and say that they're roughly around five to six percent. Uh, this broad deployment should only help with that. And again, as we mentioned earlier at the top, there is a countdown for Windows 10 at least for most consumers. Uh, I think some enterprises can buy their way some more security for maybe another year or so. But uh, in uh, 2025 is the end the end of life for Windows 10. So it only marks the you know further uh, deployment of Windows 11 for most devices, most systems, and the fact that people can't and will not be able to buy devices that can roll back to Windows 10. And that said, we summarized that really quickly for you. So let's jump into the third topic, which is Microsoft Teams hitting the Microsoft Store. And we Yay, talked about stuff. this. We talked about this two weeks ago, and also the week before. It's something that we touched on continuously here on Microsoft, but now the moment has finally arrived and you could download Microsoft Teams on Windows 10 and on Windows 11 through the Microsoft Store, but there's nothing different from the Teams app at all compared to what you could get when you download through the web. The only difference is that on Windows 10, the store version supports personal accounts as well. So that's pretty much the news there. It's one more one more way to find Microsoft Teams, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, um, it is. Again, we, we talk about Teams all the time. We talk about the store all the time. Uh, I guess because uh, I, I did the upgrade, which, again, when you download it, it does nothing. It, I mean, it says yeah, installing. And it click, then it just kicks over and says, okay, you have the latest version. Like, you don't yep. see any pop-ups or anything like that. So for those of you who were worried about it, you know, potentially uh, uh, messing up anything that you have set, it doesn't do any of that. What it can do, uh, hopefully in the future, is that for those of you who push updates through the store, which I do, I tend to go into the store to see if there's any updates for anything and do a mass update. Uh, this may be one more, one more way to consolidate those updates. Uh, I know... For the most part, Teams kind of updates by itself in the background. But again, if there's something specific that your IT admin needs you to do or a new feature, uh, this will be a faster way for them to help you update that. And for yourself, if you are noticing that you want to try a beta version of something or a new Teams something and you want to push it manually, you'll be able to now go to the store, look for the update. It should be listed and you can push that uh, manually versus waiting for the Teams gods to grant you the update. 
Yeah, and again, it's all about making Teams easier to download, which has been a theme for Microsoft. They've had a Visual Studio Edge as well as all of the Office apps and even Power Toys in the uh, Microsoft Store for download. And then there's also the third-party apps too, like Discord, VLC Player, and Zoom. So it's all about boosting the store and, and Microsoft setting an example like, hey, our, our apps are in the store. You could put your apps in our store too. And it's, yeah, a win th- it's a Win32 app, by the way. It's not a PWA or a U- or a UWP or anything like that. It's just basically a Win32 app that you could download manually from the Microsoft website anyway. Yeah. Uh, or was it Electron? I think they were using before yeah. or something like that. So, yeah, uh, go to the store if you want to play around with it. Don't go to the store. Nothing really changes uh, until they start, uh, I guess, streamlining the updates and forcing everyone to get the store version of it or maybe just build it in. Uh, when you get a PC from now on, instead of us having to go to the web to get it, you might just find it in your start menu uh, as soon as things start out. And now it's time for our fast recap because we finished our three main topics and I'm giving us 10 minutes. We could get through this really Ooh. quickly. <laughs> might be a little like, challenge because we have so much hardware to talk about, but we'll, we'll do our best. If if we don't finish the sirens, we'll go, go uh, we'll go going off again. But starting yeah. first with the news about the Microsoft Pluton chip, which is a security chip that's embedded in the uh, AMD CPUs on new devices from Acer. Uh, there's the Acer Travelmate P4 as well as the Travelmate Spin P4. So this is the third, uh, no, second laptop maker to come on board with the uh, Microsoft Pluton chip. Previously, Lenovo had the Pluton chip in their ThinkPad Z16 and Z13, as well as on the new ThinkPad X13S. So the Pluton chip is basically a security chip, uh, gives you cloud-to-chip security. Uh, Microsoft could update the chip and protect your device against the uh, recently security threats, as well as it makes it harder for people if they steal your PC. It makes them harder to physically get into the hardware and hack your PC. So that's basically what Pluton is. And there's a little video that Microsoft has on its website that you could check out if you want to learn more about what Pluton is. Yeah, I mean, you said it pretty succinctly. <laughs> now we're going to move on to the next thing, which is uh, the Outlook for Windows arriving in the Office Insider beta channel. Uh, that once this happened maybe about two or three days ago, uh, I had to go and uh, you know manually push for the update. I got the new version. Uh, there are basically just tweaks to it. Uh, this is not to be confused, I hope not, with the PWA version because they do not have the same functionality and they're not necessarily the same in UI. Uh, I think this is maybe a uh, you know a stepping stone to getting to that that version. What it does is you know rounds off some corners, adds some drop shadows, it organizes the uh, Microsoft Office apps in a similar fashion. It brings the UI closer to what we saw with that leaked version of the one uh, Outlook, but it is not uh, it is not that so far. So if you're a Windows uh, Office Insider user, you go get the update. You you know rush to see these new advances and changes or something drastic. Be prepared that it's not that. It is again if you're in the light mode, very much more colorful. Like I said, some of the things have been rounded as far as the ribbons is concerned. And there's new ways to kind of um, put stuff in the pa- the panes for both left and right. So you, again, you have your apps on one side. You can do a lot more functionality as far as the calendar is concerned on the right side or Skype or messaging. And they've also built in some collaboration features as well uh, that you can take more advantage of uh, as far as uh, you know uh, chats 
and you know uh building out evos and things of that nature so uh go around and try that and next up is the mysterious new designer app that uh walking cat tweeted about people are wondering what is this app and it seems like it's a mix of powerpoint designer with publisher as well as microsoft sway uh walking cat he tweeted out a couple of photos of this app which you could get to online by visiting a specific website and the page is blank but if you go in your developer tools and you change a string of text you'll suddenly get access to whatever this uh designer service is and it looks like it's a way to create fancy graphics for social media as well as uh businesses and stuff you could add shapes photos icons fancy headings and create fancy products and visuals for instagram facebook ads or instagram story so a lot like uh clip champ clip champ basically it's basically just a basically a marketing tool for windows 11 it seems but it's not official microsoft hasn't said nothing about it just yet but maybe we might hear about it at build or sometime in the future but seems like it's a new designer app for windows 11 accessible via the web yeah for those of you who are in the know or you know younger uh, marketing uh, or content creators of that uh, nature have marketing in the title. It's like Canva, essentially. Yeah. Um, uh, it may it may be Microsoft's built-in version, which I believe they may also start pairing with. Uh, I forget what their website their website template tool is, uh, but they have one, and we wrote about it. I want to say last week or so that they uh, are going to be officially changing the name. We're going to hear that at Build. They're going to be changing the name to Power Pages. I think it was called. Uh, where you know you can spin up quick uh, websites or whatnot. You know for single function use. I believe that this tool will help you add content to that if you bundle it all together. So uh, again, this is just Microsoft just leveraging stuff that they already own to make content creation a little bit easier for people who are, you know, maybe Excel wizards instead and just need something quick to kind of display their content information. And then next up is the news about Microsoft Viva. So you might remember in 2021 when Microsoft acquired Ally.io, which is a leader in the objectives and key results industry. Well, they're now integrating Ally.io stuff into Microsoft Viva with Viva Goals. And it's a brand new Viva module. And it comes at a time when Microsoft finds that managers feel leadership at their companies out of touch with employee expectations. And this is something that Viva Goals aims to fix. You could check Check out our video where we interviewed Microsoft for more about uh, Viva Goals. Yeah, that's an awesome interview. Please go check it out. We're moving on to the next thing, which is Microsoft software restrictions for all smart, small European cloud providers. Uh, the details of which basically means that uh, Microsoft's president, Brad Smith, outlined the changes that co the company is making, uh, which is you know the set of European cloud principles. Uh, it's offering licensing restrictions for all smart European cloud providers that will allow those providers to offer Microsoft services both more easily and more cheaply than they were able to before the 2019 changes. So we wrote a piece about this, about how Microsoft is kind of acknowledging the crazy restrictions that they put on, on the changes for cloud service licensing that may be getting them into some hot water, some antitrust uh, issues. It looks like to address that, they will be softening those restrictions and allowing people to uh, you know, potentially use more products at a cheaper price, uh, which will allow, you know, hopefully the level of competition to kind of come into the market and uh, work, you know, in interoperably, interop interoperably with uh, Microsoft products. And that said, uh, you get us into the next part of the fast recap, which is HP's fresh laptop announcements and yeah, also Acer. 
Yeah, we got a ton of uh, uh, new hardware coming out. Uh, I don't want to you know, spend the rest of our, I think we have two and a half minutes <laughs> left, uh, going through the diesel. I think you wrote a piece about uh, ARC, and I think that's maybe probably the biggest thing between the two uh, OEMs that produced uh, hardware this week. We have a refresh for the uh, Dell, I think it's the Dell XPS uh, is one of the things. HP has their NV line and the uh, X360, I believe, were all updated. They have rounder designs that kind of uh, resemble the Lenovo uh, Yoga 9i, which yep. kind of looks like an uh, elongated iPhone 6, if you guys can picture that. Um, but the biggest thing is that they're getting 12th gen uh, Intel chips. And, uh, they're starting off, I believe, with you, but can be. Uh, and again, these are Ultrabooks uh, upgraded to P, P level. So, I mean, these are super powerful chips in relatively thin designs. But as you mentioned, uh, the ARC thing, if you want to cover that real quick. Yeah, the Spectre X, X360-16 is getting the Intel ARC GPU, and it has four gigabytes of VRAM. And Intel didn't give us any specifics on benchmarking or specs, <laughs> but... Um, I think it was PC Mag or one uh, another publication. They they managed to test the um, Intel Arc GPU in an MSI laptop. Uh, it was a reference laptop, and their tests showed that it was just as fast as a RTX 3050. So seems like it's pretty promising. But Intel didn't have benchmarks to share or anything like that. But uh, Intel is stepping on Nvidia's feet and getting into the GPU market. Yeah, and as far as the Acer side of things, they are moving more into sustainability. They are pushing their uh, recycle uh, their laptops made from recyclable materials. Uh, they have two new colors for those, I believe. I think it's the, the Aspire is the, the lineup. If you want to go check that out at the website, I believe they will be up for sale. If they're not starting now, they will be starting at the next uh, beginning of next month, and they start around nine, eight to nine hundred bucks. Uh, there are some nice looking designs if you want a little style. If you don't want to be sitting at a coffee shop with the same aluminum. Uh, top as everyone else uh, these things have some really cool uh designs for them so those are the two big uh manufacturers that came out with laptops uh today or this week and with again the information about new gpus last up we have our a possible surface duo rumor or speculation uh microsoft could be moving from the two screens to one screen and this is based on a patent that was surfaced uh i believe in the middle of this week uh, which shows a Microsoft Duo essentially with one screen that is a retractable uh, 360 degrees. So uh, think of the you know, Z Fold, but folds like a Duo all the way back. Uh, what further boasts this uh, claim that Microsoft could be working on it is that uh, also announced today was uh, LG's foldable OLED uh, presentation. Uh, they talked about a bunch of foldables and new screen technologies. And one of the things that they kind of gloss over quickly uh, unfortunately, was a foldable OLED screen. So, and it and the device that they referenced, and I don't know if you have some B-roll for it, but the device that they referenced looks just like a Duo. So again, imagine a Duo with the uh, function, or imagine a Z Fold with the functionality of a Duo. Uh, as we know, Microsoft won't be coming out with anything uh, in twenty uh, the rest of this year for Duos. So they could be retooling for twenty twenty three with this new device. Uh, and you know, for all of us who have been talking or pitching the two screens and how well it works. And, all of the back talk that, you know, uh, what's his name, uh, panelists talked about two screens, they may just backtrack just like they did with the service book and, and move on from uh, the uh, the hinge and move back to something that makes more sense. They may do that with the duo, uh, and I don't know what they call it, maybe the Uno or something like that, but 
who knows? This could be something uh, just to keep an eye on as well. And that's it. Fast Recap has come to an end, which means it's time for our Week Ahead segment. Yeah, we are going to be going over some expectations for Build 2022. You want to uh, let people know what you're thinking about? Yeah, I wrote a whole expose for my other publication on what I think will come out of Build 2022. And the short answer is that it's a whole lot of nothing for people, for consumers, or basically if you're a Microsoft fan, there's rumors that maybe they might announce the featured first featured update for Windows 11 because Walking Cat mentioned that it's going to RTM on May 24th. He thinks so. So not sure that that it's something that they might want to announce at Build, but usually Build isn't heavy on the Windows news anyway. It's mainly where they talk about stuff that you could develop for Windows. So that's one thing that to look out for, possibly the first featured update for Windows 11. And we're also thinking maybe they finally might announce the third-party widgets that everyone has been asking for because Windows Central, I think it was last last month, they said that they heard that developers were already briefed on how they could make third-party widgets for Windows 11. So that is another possibility. And other than that, obviously... You're going to expect a ton of news about Microsoft Teams, probably hear them talk about Teams in the metaverse. And we touched on the One Outlook app. Maybe you could hear them talk about Outlook and the new One Outlook. And we also talked about the new Microsoft Android platform and experiences division. So I was thinking maybe you might hear a little bit more about Android at build, which seems like it's possible because now you have the Windows subsystem for Android and also Microsoft Surface Duo, which I think they said they were committed to bringing Android 12L to it, if I'm not mistaken. And one more thing that I think could be coming is... Metaverse, you know what the metaverse is. It's the next big thing for the tech tech giants. Facebook started it. Uh, they they love the metaverse, so you can expect Microsoft to talk about how the metaverse fits in with Mesh as well as Teams. And do you think there'll be new hardware at build? I was gonna say your predictions are boring. <laughs> I'm gonna go. So I'm, I'm leaving. You, I'm leaving you with the hardware predictions and the crazy yeah. stuff. I'm going to try to make it exciting. I'm saying that we're going to finally get uh, the Surface Laptop Go, was it, I believe, that they were hinting that should be coming out this uh, this year as well. Uh, I want to say that maybe they've already pushed up the day for the Surface Duo 3, Surface Uno that we were just talking about. And uh, what else could we be seeing as far as hardware is concerned? I think those might be the two. Uh, could you see a new ARM-based Surface Pro X maybe because Lenovo has the ThinkPad X13S. So you think Microsoft will go hard in on ARM at build? I mean, for thin clients, possibly. I mean, who knows? Uh, to be honest with you, I think all your predictions are actually more accurate. I'm actually <laughs> trying to be, I would love it to be more consumer-friendly, but as you said, each year, at least in the last five years, we've moved ever so closer to enterprise development and less about consumers. And again, not to say that they're not concerned about it. They just hold events for Windows stuff in different times. We may get uh, a Windows event in July, you know, in the middle of summer, uh, where it has its own time to breathe and they can talk, you know, panels can go on and on more about his Windows 11 changes and how they work with new devices and things of that nature. So uh, not to say that, you know, we're not going to get anything new this year, 
uh, as far as those consumers are concerned. It's just, like you said, it's more enterprise, it's more teams, it's more cloud, it's more machine learning. Uh, I think that they're going to use the word in- metaverse quite a bit. I don't think they're ever going to define it because I don't even think they know what the metaverse is, so to speak. They keep saying like, oh, it's going to be avatars and teams stuff. And I'm like, is that really the metaverse or is that just, you know, AR slash, you know, uh, the Sims it, with, with business-oriented <laughs> apps? Like, uh, I want to say that they're also going to be talking about uh, more, probably more security. I know that they've had a few attacks as of recently. They've also been helping Ukraine with security, uh, at, you know, to, to note, uh, they've been helping the rest of the world with security, but I think they're going to be pitching security, enterprise level security as well. Uh, I, uh, I don't think we're going to be hearing a ton about even the, the uh, one outlook either, as much as that could help enterprise again, because again, this does nothing for developers. They're not going to be uh, allowing developers, at least at this point, to bring in third-party apps or widgets that interact with this because it's a PWA, so to speak. So I think we're going to be not seeing much of that as well. Um, but for the most part, I think, like you said, it's just cloud, machine, AI. They're going to use the term metaverse. It, it, it's shaping up to be quite boring to, for the most part. Now, that is, not, again, not to say that there won't be sessions. We just won't see it in the keynote. We may get a lot of Satya talking about stuff and, you know, them, you know, bringing up partners in, you know, little video packages or whatnot, talking about how Windows has helped them or Office has helped them or, or Skype or specific things are helping them. But I think when it comes to actual development for fun and, you know, interactive things that we use on our desktop, those will be buried in sessions. You'll probably get new ways to, to you know, tie in Teams apps to your desktop. Uh, how to tie, how to build widgets. I don't even think that they're not going to mention widgets, but there'll probably be a session on how to get your third-party uh, apps into the widgets, stuff like that. So keep an eye on the sessions list once it's released uh, the day of, of the event uh, to know where to look for most things, but don't expect the unit to be exciting at all. There exactly. are a couple of sessions that I did want to point out because I was busy with my crazy theories, but there are sessions that Microsoft already listed that you could add to your schedule and schedule them uh, to prepare for build 2022. And the one that you will not absolutely want to miss at all is the one with Panos Panay, which is set for 1.15 p.m. to 1.40 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time on Tuesday, May 24th. It's called Create Next-Gen Experiences at Scale with Windows. So if anything Windows 11 related is going to be announced, it's going to happen during this session. So that's one that you definitely want to add to your calendar and not miss. And other than that, there are a couple of different sessions that relate by t- uh, relate to Microsoft Teams. There's one for conversational apps, uh, creating interactive meetings, and one that explains reach 270 million users and grow your business with Microsoft Teams. Most of these are just breakout sessions that are pre-recorded, but you could click uh, click through them. Uh, we'll have a list in the chat and also in the comments. So if you're attending Build, you'll know which ones you could uh, add to your schedule. Yeah, with that being said, that will be Build for the most part. We were also really looking forward to uh, Beyond Build. Is there, uh, I believe there we have a gaming uh, dedicated uh, digital event uh, shortly after that. And like I said, so I expect something happening for Windows. Uh, either right before or maybe it will be combined with uh, the rollout of new hardware for 2022. Again, I'm not saying that they're going to be, there's going to be a new Surface laptop, but I believe we should be expecting an update to the Surface, or not Surface Laptop Studio, but the Surface Laptop should be getting a, a, a redesign. And so they may be building, uh, you know, 
be ready to present Windows 11 on this device and whatever they're going to be as far as the new features they observe, maybe paired with that. I think they did that last year anyway. And now for the fun stuff, my review of the Dell 32 4K UHD gaming monitor G3223Q is coming up not next week, not during the week of build, because we want to save the important news first. But it is coming up soon, and it's a pretty impressive monitor. I know you saw my tweet and you liked it. And we were talking about it. And it's something that you could console game on as well as work on because it supports 120 hertz 4K resolution on the HDMI 2.1. And then also has a DisplayPort port where you can uh, game or do productivity things on at 144 hertz. And 4K resolution is amazing because it supports HDR. So you have a massive screen where you're able to do all of your work, play over your games, and it even supports picture-in-picture. Picture. So you could play your games and work at the same time. Like, it doesn't get any better than that, right? No, I mean, to be honest with you, that sounds like the ideal. I think what I'd be using it for is watching content and watching even more content with a picture picture. <laughs> I don't know how much work yeah, I'd be getting done with that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that review. Uh, I actually forgot to mention that I will be reviewing that Lenovo I was telling you about, the one that has the design uh, we mentioned. Uh, oh, nice. Of the stupid blur effect. But it has that rounded design that I was telling you about that uh, all of the new, I guess, hardware is going for this year. Uh, it's been a great device. It has that 12th gen. It's... That's really cool and uh, uh, it's super light. So uh, I'll be reviewing that. I should have that up for you guys next week. But again, it'll be after build. So maybe a Thursday or Friday, you guys can review and see it. Uh, Lenovo's stepping it up. Uh, and if the, you know, if, uh, the power that's being put into you know, a device like that, that then is kind of going to be the standard bearer for all devices in 2022, I think it's a great time to buy a PC. If you didn't get one, in 2020, when everyone else did the massive upgrade, or 2021, when everyone was doing kind of the hybrid, 2022 seems to be a good year as well. And that's it. I think we hit the end of our show. Yeah, with that, uh, I will be saying that I, you can find me at Mindhead1 on Twitter. Where can people find you? Hey, back, Jordan. Yeah, and for all on Microsoft-related news, you can either go to the website on Microsoft.com or you can go to our Twitter handle, which is on Microsoft as well, if you want to just catch up with all the latest news, uh, you want to see our editorials, you want to see some how-tos. Uh, like I said, we'll be covering build uh, in depth. Uh, we have a bunch of new writers who are excellent. Uh, we want to, you know, if you want to find a new voice, if you're tired of hearing the two of us talk and write, <laughs> you can find many other writers who uh, might fit your fancy on uh, um, on Twitter or on our website. Uh, if you're interested in gaming, you can head to our Pinterest as well. Uh, that's where Brad will keep you updated uh, with all of the news. Uh, I think one of the things we didn't even mention was Xbox outselling the PS5 in Japan for the first time in forever. So Brad, I have some information about that for you there. Uh, you can also go to our Instagram uh, where we kind of put up clips of the of the podcast, just small you know snippets of things like that, and your other content on there. And that is all. I mean, that's where we're at in most places. We do not. Uh, kind of go on Facebook and we stay away from TikTok as of right now because none of us are hip or cool or can dance. So uh, we'll spare you that. But thank you guys for joining us for another week. We hope you guys have a safe and happy weekend and get back to your lives. Get away from us. Yep. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Same place, same time. Thank you.